Middle East on the brink, North Korea on the brink, Iran increasing its aggression, elections in Taiwan. Look, there's a lot of global instability as we ourselves plunge into primary season. How have you sheltered your savings and investments from potential major setbacks to the economy? You think it can happen here? It can happen here, but it's not too late to diversify an old IRA or 401k into gold. And Birch Gold Group can help you with that. Birch Gold is the only gold company I trust. As opposed to many other investments, Gold thrives in times of uncertainty. It is an important part of diversifying your savings. Now listen, here's how Birch Gold can help make it a part of yours. Birch Gold will help you convert an existing IRA or 401k into a tax-sheltered IRA in gold. And it doesn't cost you a penny out of pocket. You want to learn more? Just text SAVAGE to 989898 for a free info kit. S-A-V-A-G-E, text it to 989898 and you get a free info kit. It costs you nothing. Just text SAVAGE to 989898. With an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau, countless five-star reviews, and thousands of happy customers, I encourage you to arm yourself with the knowledge of diversification through precious metals. Protect yourself. Text SAVAGE to 989898 and claim your free info kit. Protect your savings with gold. Do it now. Text SAVAGE to 989-898. Thank you very much. Birch Gold is the only gold company I trust. Text SAVAGE to 989-898. Warning, the Savage Nation contains adult language, adult content, psychological nudity. Listener discretion is advised. And now, the world's most exciting podcast, The Savage Nation, home of borders, language, culture. And here he is, New York Times best-selling author and National Radio Hall of Fame inductee, Michael Savage. Well, they're sure dancing in Washington tonight, aren't they? Champagne is flowing, Pelosi clinking glasses with Donald Trump, left and right become one big blur. They are sure dancing together tonight. Welcome to the Savage Nation. How do you feel about Trump capitulating on the budget? Now you say, you don't want to say that, of course, because that's considered disloyal. And after all, you don't want them socialists elected. Well, no, I don't, but we have socialists elected. What would you call a budget That is $2.7 trillion, double that of Obama. Tell me, what would you call that? How do you feel about Trump going along with the Democrats and blowing up the budget deficit with pork barrel spending? Remember, we used to hear about bridges to nowhere and tunnels to nowhere, and we were roundly condemning of such. How many bridges to nowhere are in this budget? We're probably not even going to get a single bridge out of the deal. It's all going to be stolen money. But then again, we don't want them commies and socialists to win, do we? No, we just want to hear about uh, the four horsewomen of the apocalypse as though they're the only uh, element in America today. Red ink gushes in Trump era. Red ink gushes in Trump era, says Politico. Now, you'll say that's fake news. The minute I say Politico, you say it's fake news. But facts don't lie. Trump is on track for another $1 trillion deficit this year. Now, who do you blame? I know you've listened to the big, big voices in conservatism the fake conservatives out there were selling you T-shirts day and night. But let me tell you something. Uh, we used to have a president who said the buck stops here. If you're telling me he had to go along with the Democrats to get reelected, I would say to you, you're wrong. Why do I say you're wrong? Because what's the point of having two parties if both parties are the same? The answer is they are the same. When it comes to stealing money from the taxpayers, there is no difference between the Democrats and the Republicans. I'm sorry to tell you that. Now, the reason I pushed so hard to get Trump elected is because I thought he was a wise and smart nationalistic businessman. How do you feel about Trump capitulating on the budget with the Democrats? We're going to talk about that. There's another element you don't know about yet. Remember, we heard about criminal justice reform pushed by Ivanka Trump. Remember that one? Remember the uh, rapper was in the White House putting his feet on the desk with the uh, wife of his that looks like a waste of human DNA? a porn star, a stripper, a vermin, a rat, in the White House advising the president on prison reform. And what did the president do? He gave us prison reform. You think that's a good thing? Fox News is now reporting that of 2,243 inmates released on Friday, only 960 were incarcerated for drug-related offenses. Pay Pay careful attention, all you magites. Of 2,243 inmates that were released on Friday, 
as a result of Donald Trump's prison reform, only 960 were incarcerated for drug-related offenses. Well, who was released? 496 in prison for weapons and explosives-related crimes on the streets. 239 sex offenders on the streets. 178 for fraud, bribery, extortion on the streets. 118 for burglary, larceny on the streets. 106 for robbery on the streets. 59 for homicide, aggravated assault. Two for national security reasons. Released under Donald Trump's criminal justice reform. Now, where is this information coming from? Why, it's coming from fake news, right? It's coming from a communist, right? Wrong. It's coming from a hard conservative named Daniel Horowitz. This bill was a disaster from the get-go. I tried to tell you about it, but many of you are so brainwashed, it seems like you've washed your brain in hot sauce. But I'm going to go on about this, because if I don't, who will? Obviously, not not the t-shirt peddler. He's not going to say a word about it. So here we are. How do you feel about Trump capitulating on the budget? During the Obama years, if you remember, and even as far back as the Clinton years, all we heard from Republicans was talk about getting the debt under control. We have to stop spending, they used to say. We have to cut entitlements, the Republicans used to say. And talk radio was filled with that. All we heard in talk radio was the Democrats are into tax and spend, tax and spend, tax and spend. So what's Trump into? What's Trump into? Not tax and spend. What's the difference? So now we have a budget deficit. In other words, if you tax and spend, that's one thing. But now if you don't tax and spend, that's another thing. That's why we have a budget deficit now of $1.6 trillion. $2.7 trillion is what they're going to spend. Excuse me. I'm hearing all the big conservatives defending it and uh, sloughing it off, saying, well, we had to do it. and It was a problem that Obama handed to him that he can't solve. What kind of language is this? Here's the fact of the matter. And pay close attention to the following words. Debts always come due. You run a family, you max out your credit cards, you continue to spend, you're going to lose your credit cards. But not when it comes to the bums in Washington. They keep going back for another credit card, another line of credit. Eventually, all debts come due. And when you're talking about debts in the trillions of dollars, that has a heavy effect on individuals and nation. Your granddaughter's future is being mortgaged away by the criminals in Washington. Both Republicans and Democrats are telling your granddaughter to go to hell. They're telling your granddaughter, we don't care what you live through. All we care about is living high on the hog right now. We have never made so much money in all of our lives. They're rolling in the pork fat, and you're left holding the bacon. What is the point of voting if this is what you get? Where is the opposition party? How can we function without competing ideas on how to make this government work? Years ago, I wrote the great book, Government Zero, another New York Times bestseller. And in my 40 actions to save America, number 10 was restructure military spending. We need to adequately equip our soldiers who are defending our civilization. Trump gets 100 on that. That's what much of this new spending is. But I followed it up with the following, quote, stop wasting defense dollars in Germany and South Korea. Pull our troops out of those countries and redeploy them on our southern border. This will help stop illegal immigration and ensure that soldiers are patronizing American retailers and businesses instead of those in Germany and South Korea. The next point I made in uh, number 11, cut the rest of government significantly. Cut all non-military spending in each department by 4% per year over the next presidential term for a total of 16% by 2021. Well, we're two years into the Trump administration. Government has not been cut. It's been expanded. Remember, this is the agenda that Trump ran on. This is the agenda that I wrote about that you supported when I asked you to vote for him. This is the agenda that I said can save the nation. I am not attacking the president. I am simply pointing out that you are not getting what you voted for right now, and you must make it known to Donald Trump that you want this to change. Because much sooner than later... You'll be paying a very heavy price, and I mean that quite literally. That bill is coming due, and you're going to be stuck with the check. How do you feel about Trump going along with the Dems and blowing up the budget deficit with pork barrel spending? We're going to talk about that today. The phone number to the open lines is 855-400-7282, 855-400-SAVAGE. If you care to talk about this topic, this all-important topic, 
and or the so-called fake criminal justice reform that we were screwed into believing was true. I didn't believe it for one second. When I saw that human waste of DNA in her rapper boyfriend who threw his feet up on the desk, I knew they were mocking Trump and they were going to make mincemeat out of him. And I was right. Of the 2243 inmates released on Friday, of 2243 inmates released on Friday from prison, only 960 were incarcerated for drug-related offenses. When Trump wrote that bill, when he signed that bill, he said it was to get people out of jail who were in too long on drug offenses. But no, 496 were released who were in on weapons, explosives crimes. 239 for sex offenses, 178 for fraud, bribery, 118 for burglary, 106 for robbery, and 59 who had committed homicide or aggravated assault were released from prison under this bill pushed by Donald Trump. This is sickening. I had tried to warn you that it was a ruse, but you didn't listen to me. You didn't want to hear any criticism of the great man. You did not want to... Listen to the fact that candidate Trump bragged that he would pay off the entire federal debt in eight years, but we're two years into the administration. And many of you are saying, but wait, wait, Mike, when we win a second time and we have a majority, uh, that because you heard that on T-shirt. T-shirt told you that we have to get get the uh, Congress back, right? Is that what T-shirt told you? T-shirt said, well, he had to go along with it because we didn't want them saying he threw grandmothers in the streets. What a, what a feeble argument that is. What is the point of an opposition party if it doesn't oppose anything? What is the point of a two-party system if it's one-card Monty? No, my friends, we've been had again. Yes, my friends, we've been had again. We are the new stooges. We are the new rubes. We are the idiots walking down the gangway in the carnival. We are the idiots who stick our face into the uh, paper mache cut cutout, and they're throwing water balloons at us, both Democrats and Republicans. Yes, my friends, it's a very sad day indeed. But what about uh, the other issues that he has done so well on? Well, what are they? He's done real well on the border, hasn't he? And I shouldn't complain at all, because I know what I'm going to get on Twitter later. Mike, you've gone over to the other side. Mike, you're quoting left-wing sources like the Washington Examiner. Mike, you're quoting left-wing sources like uh, 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 the Drudge Report. No, they're not left-wing sources. They're the real sources out there, my friend. And if you want to enjoy that sauce, you better know which sources you're looking at. In Government Zero, I outlined 40 actions to save America, and I gave specific actions. And I wrote this. Most Americans, whether they vote Republican or Democrat, want our military to be used only when it is necessary for our national defense. They don't want to sacrifice lives or treasure to right every wrong in the world or promote democracy in third world backwaters whose inhabitants burn our flag. When the military is deployed, they want them given the tools and strategy they need to win decisively and come back home. In other words, I wrote, they want a nationalist approach to foreign policy. When have our troops been brought home? The numbers went up again, just as they did under Obama. So what were my 40 actions to save America? The phone number here is 855-407-282. What do you feel is the most important story out there today? that no one dares talk about. What is the number one thing bothering you today about the government? 855 <clears throat> I'll be right back to take your call. Savage. This is the deal. It was necessary to continue rebuilding our national defense after years of neglect. And it's the deal that was possible in divided government. Gobbler. I'm proud to join President Trump in support of it. And I'll be proud to support it when the Senate votes on the agreement before we adjourn at the end of this month. I have some words for Mitch McConnell, which I cannot repeat on this radio show. He is about as facetious and as false as a man can possibly be. He used to be the bete noir, so to speak, of the conservatives in the radio. Now they agree with him. Because why? Because him and Trump are one and the same on the budget. Now you'll hear all day today and tomorrow that spending like this is necessary. It's required to beat those Dems at their own game because that's, that's what T-shirt put in your head. T-shirt has poisoned your mind and told you that we have to go along with the Democrats just this one more time now 
Just this one more time, we have to go along with them Dems. Why? That way we can win next time and keep out those evil uh, socialists. And then name the four women. The new punching bags. Name the four idiots. You know, I'm sick and tired of hearing about them and, f- and, and from them. A president doesn't even mention people like that. They're too small to be on his level. And all we hear him talking about are them. I'd like to hear more about the bigger picture. You know, now, you, many of you don't believe what I'm saying, but here's Donald Trump in 2018. 2018, now, that was just, you know, a year ago. I know your memories don't go back more than a minute, if that. America's political memory is no longer than one minute long now. It's as long as a tweet. Here is Trump in 2018 when he signed a $1.3 trillion omnibus bill. The budget today is $2.7 trillion. Here he was saying what he wouldn't do when it was $1.3 trillion. This is Donald Trump in 2018. Listen to 01. I say to Congress, I will never sign another bill like this again. I'm not going to do it again. Nobody read it. It's only hours old. Some people don't even know what it is. $1.3 trillion. It's the second largest ever. President Obama signed one that was actually larger, which I'm sure he wasn't too happy with either. All right. Well, now you just signed one that's $2.7 trillion, which I'm sure you're not at all happy with either. Of course, most of it is pork barrel spending. Many of you don't even know what the phrase pork barrel spending means. I learned it in high school. Here I was a kid in a public high school in New York and had a class in civics or history. I don't know which. And one of the things we learned was a thing called pork barrel spending. We call it something different today. We call it make America great again spending. But then it was called pork barrel spending on pet projects that produce nothing of any value whatsoever for anyone but a few people uh, in the lobbying business, contractors, things of that nature. That was called pork barrel spending. Pet projects, in other words. You know the kind of stuff, bridges to nowhere, that type of thing. Have you seen one bridge built in the last two years? Have you seen one new tunnel built in the last two years? Have you seen one new highway built in the last two years? Have you seen anything built by the federal government in the last two years for all these trillions of dollars? Maybe I am blind. Maybe I'm living in my own world. I haven't seen anything new. No bridges, no tunnels, nothing actually. Where'd the money go? (laughs) Now you know where all of those mansions are coming from that are growing in Florida on the beaches, growing like mushrooms in the rain. Doesn't matter whether they have a D or an R next to their name. All that matters is just keep the good times rolling. North Carolina, Michael, you say what? Go ahead, please. Good afternoon, Dr. Savage. Okay, <laughs> quick. We have 20 seconds. It doesn't serve any point to beat up the other uh, talk show hosts when so much is in, in the water right now. Everybody should stick to the same page. What, what, what do you mean stick to? What, what are you talking about? What do you mean we should? Where is it written that we should? Back both houses of Congress. I asked you, where is it written that we should? What, what gave you the idea that there's a team out there? What made you think that we're one team represented by the same agent? Do you think I work for the government? I don't. Maybe they do. And you obviously are an RNC plant calling into talk shows to tell me to shut up. Seven. It is the Savage Nation. I am Donald Trump's best friend. And you know why I say that? Because I am. Just kissing his behind, licking his boots, telling him he's great when he's making mistakes is not a friend at all. Those are his worst enemies. Donald Trump should hear from you that he must veto this budget. He can veto this budget. And if he wants to win, he better veto this budget. I will tell you that right now. If you think it's a slam dunk that he's going to win, you are crazier You are crazier than those four girls. There's no guarantee he's going to win. And I will tell you right now, he won by a very slender, slender, slender. It was a very slender victory. Very tight. And what was that slender victory built upon? It was built upon a small number of voters who had not voted in previous elections going back one or two times because they felt both parties were liars. Both parties were filled with thieves. Both parties, it didn't make a difference which one you voted for, you were going to get uh, screwed anyway. I encouraged millions of people to go out and vote one last time. Do you remember that? 
Because if you don't remember it, I'll have to play the tapes for you. For six straight months, I said, even if you haven't voted in the last election because you don't believe in the political structure anymore, that both parties are corrupt. I said, please, Eddie, please, Edith, go out and vote one more time. Give Donald Trump a chance. He's had two straight years. We're into the third year now, by the way, two and a half years. They had the majorities for two straight years. It was a Republican president, a Republican House, a Republican Senate. Yes, Mueller was hounding him every day, but he was still running the government. In fact, he was so good at handling it all, he was able to pass uh, a tax reform bill. Now, I don't know about you, but I'm paying more, not less. I know that uh, about 20 major corporations are paying no money at all. I know that the major corporations that we heard about who were getting away with paying no taxes under Obama are still getting away with paying no taxes. How is that possible? Gee, I don't know. Can't think that through because T-shirt didn't tell you to do that. No, T-shirt didn't tell you to do that. All T-shirt told you was, well, now he couldn't veto this budget. He got to go along with it because we got to win one more time. One more time. And then when we win next time, uh, well, you'll see. Oh, he'll rein it in then. Well, we heard that every time, going back uh, as many times as you can imagine. I am Trump's best friend, and I'm saying, Mr. President, veto this budget. If you don't, forget about Michael Savage. I'm one vote. I'm only one vote. There are millions of people out there who will not vote for you again. No, they will not go and vote for Biden or whoever the candidate may be. No, they absolutely will not vote for any of those crackpots. Your RNC advisors know that, and they're playing a very dangerous and stupid game. They're saying to you that the people know that they're boxed in. The people know that if they don't vote for you, they're going to get a, a socialist. Oh, socialist, the boogeyman, socialist, socialist. What is a socialist? He stands for big government and, and a grotesque budget. That's a socialist. That's Europe. So what's the difference if you have a big budget and a grotesque? It's the same thing. The boogeyman of socialism is here. So they're not going to vote at all. They're not going to vote for Biden. They're not going to vote for Warren, whoever it may be. They're just going to sit the election out, and you're going to lose. I saw an email, uh, rather an article last night that got me so infuriated. It was the RNC advisors to President Trump, the campaign reelection committee of dunces. You talk about a confederacy of idiots. They only listen to each other, and they're convincing each other that they're going to win a slam-dunk election. Well, this is the team that got him elected in 2016, and we're so much smarter now. We learned so many things, and look who's on our team, and they list themselves. Well, I know one of them on that team, and I sent him a, a very angry email. I didn't hear back from him. I didn't expect I would. I said, are you people all crazy? It was not you who got Donald Trump elected. It was the voters who got Donald Trump elected. It was not the 20 pinheads in there in the election committee who's now doing it again. Most of you are the types that would run for uh, run a uh, uh, Democrat campaign as much as a Republican campaign. You're nothing but paid advisors. You don't believe in a damn thing. None of them believe in anything. What do they believe in? Nothing. They don't believe in anything. You think they believe in borders, language, and culture? Do you think any one of those dunces on Trump's re-election committee understand that Trump won because he ran on a platform of borders, language, and culture that he got from my books as told to me by the people who organized this campaign? So don't give me what T-shirt tells you or what tinnitus tells you. Brutus tinnitus, I don't care what they say. I have my own view of things, and I'm not going along with the program. Donald Trump has to veto this budget right now and stand for something. He didn't give us the wall. What the hell did he give us? Not even a speed bump. So what did he do for us so far? Well, let's talk about it together. I'm Donald Trump's best friend. And I'm saying, Mr. Trump, stop listening to the dunces in your reelection committee. Veto this budget bill now and show the voters you stand for something. You're not going to lose one Democrat voter because they're not going to vote for you anyway. You're not going to lose one RNC voter. They're going to vote for you anyway. But I'll tell you what you're going to do. You're going to lose the election unless you appeal to the fiscal conservatives out there who care about their children's future and the health of the nation. Forty actions to save America. The platform upon which Donald Trump's talking points were uh, written out by people who did it for him. One of the main points in my 40 actions to save America was close the borders completely for seven years. Well, 
I think they're more open now than they were under Obama. That's what we were told. Head of the Border Patrol last week said more drugs are coming in now than ever before because the Border Patrol agents have been diverted to humanitarian uh, concerns. Isn't that clever? Point number three, deport all illegal aliens in American prisons. Oh, that didn't happen. Repeal the anchor babies law. That didn't happen. It wasn't a law. It was an amendment. Have you heard anybody talk about stopping the anchor baby flood? No. Five, make English the official language. Are you joking? You can hardly hear English spoken in New York City, San Francisco, Chicago, Dallas, Miami. When have you last heard English spoken anywhere? You're living in some some nightmarish nation. Mandate English for all legal and political transactions, including ballots. If you cannot read English, you can't vote. Require all government employees to be able to speak, read, and write English fluently. Huh. God, who wrote that antique idea? Me. Six, require government-issued identification cards to vote. This seems like a no-brainer. It doesn't guarantee the voter is a citizen, but it at least confirms that he or she is alive. Dead voters overwhelmingly vote progressive. Let's see. Let's see what else I wrote. Restructure military spending. All right, he's doing that. Repair our relations with Russia. The reverse has happened. He's taken on Hillary Clinton's uh, mantra, and now we're almost at war with Russia. Remember when he came into power, he said right on this show in 2016, Michael, I would go ahead and meet with Mr. Putin before I'm inaugurated, if I'm elected. Do you remember that? Well, as a result of the swamp, which he now apparently is listening to, Russia is our enemy again. And all foreign aid, including to Israel. The U.S. currently gives $3 billion in annual military aid to Israel, five times that amount to Middle Eastern nations, most of which want to destroy Israel. We can't afford this. Nor would we need to bribe another nation to attack Israel with a formal defense treaty in place. Well, that has happened. Recognize radical Islam as the enemy. That hasn't happened. Allow profiling and security investigations. That have, hasn't happened. Close all tax loopholes for Hollywood. That hasn't happened. Fund all climate science research to include the skeptics. I don't think that happened. Withdraw from the Trans-Pacific Partnership, TPP. He gets 100 on that. He did that. Withdraw from NAFTA. Well, we keep hearing there's a new NAFTA bill. Have you seen it yet, Robert? Uh, still in the works. Apparently the lobbyists haven't put the uh, final uh, dots on the eyes and crossed the T's yet. And the H-1B visa program. Oh, did we get screwed on that one? And the H-1B visa program. You know what he just did instead? Last week, while you slept on a Friday night, we read that 300,000 green cards were issued for Indian workers in order to satisfy the pigs in high tech. Institute of Flat Tax. Are you joking? Reinstate the Glass-Steagall Act. No one knows what it means. You think I'm talking about seagulls. Reinstate the Wall Street uptick rule. Most of you don't know what that is. You think it's got to do with uh, tick-borne fevers. Institute tort reform. Have the lawyers been reined in? No, not even a single one of them. Eliminate government employee pensions. I wrote the pension is an outdated concept that never really worked. Virtually no one in the private sector is guaranteed a pension by their employer. Why should government employees receive them? Existing pensions must be renegotiated to reflect economic reality. Has that happened? No. And affirmative action. <laughs> you must be joking. We just got prison reform. Let's see. What else do we have? Limit welfare benefits went up, not down. And bulk collection of data by the NSA went up, not down. The, I could go down the list. I've given you the main points in a saving a nation with nationalism. This was the core of Donald Trump's campaign promises. We never expected to get most of them. We expected to get some. I thought maybe 10%. Uh, right now, I don't know what the percentage nor is, nor could I rate them, but I do know this. There's a large swath of voters who are considered, who consider themselves fiscal conservatives. Raise your hand if you're one of them. I know, I know and I've met people who are liberals socially, but they say that they're fiscal conservatives because they're smart business people, uh, and they want they understand that without a, a, a rational fiscal, uh, you know, policy, the nation will continue to uh, go broke. One day the bill will come due, and we don't know what we're going to do about it. Print money? That's what we're doing anyway. Runaway inflation? That's right around the corner. 
Study the Weimar Republic and see what happens when a nation falls into that level of default. Study what Venezuela did when it went into default. Study what Argentina did when it went into default. If you think it can't happen here, you're wrong. I'm going to give you one fact before I take a break. Because something I must tell you is I deal with facts. My facts are not T-shirt slogans. Uh, I studied uh, economics. I studied uh, statistics in order to get my Ph.D. I had to study statistics. And I I emailed this uh, over the weekend. Here it is. I texted it on Twitter, rather. Fiscal crisis close. Greece plunged at 121% of GDP. Ours is now at 110%. That's because of the soaring federal debt. I'll read it to you again. Even the Magites amongst you can follow this. Greece plunged at 121% of GDP. Now, most of you don't know what GDP means. I know it doesn't say MAGA, so you're not interested. Gross domestic product. Our debt is now at 110%. We're very close to defaulting completely and losing our nation entirely. Mr. Trump, veto this budget. I am your best friend. I'm Michael Savage. Savage. So we're trapped here in America, aren't we? We're trapped between what we voted for and what we got. And on the other side is complete uh, deluge of horror. We all know that no one on the other side is capable of winning right now. We all know that, name whoever you want, they're not winning. The American people have voted already, and they've said no to all of these nutcases. So that leaves us with Donald Trump. And Donald Trump is saying to us, um, I'll do what I want. I'll go along with who I have to go along with. I'll go along with the RNC and the swamp, even though I said I wouldn't. And you know what? You'll vote for me anyway because you have no choice. Well, there is a third choice, Mr. Trump, which is not voting at all. That's one of the greatest powers of our system that people don't understand. See, in North Korea, you must vote. You get shot if you don't vote. Did you know that? One of the great powers in our system is not voting. It's a vote by not voting. And that is why the voter turnout has been traditionally rather low in America, because most people are not stupid, and they realize no matter what people promise us, they don't deliver, for whatever the reasons are, even if they intended to, which is doubtful. At the end of the day, the system is so, let us say, muted and altered, there's almost no chance for purism, nor do we expect purism. But when we get nothing of what we vote for, then we really get angry, and we don't vote at all. And I am saying to Donald Trump, if this message gets to you, Michael Savage is your best friend because I am telling you how to win this election. And the way you win this election is standing up for something. You did not give Eddie his wall. You must give him something to chew on. Veto this budget now. Show that you stand for something. The Westwood One Podcast Network. Warning, the Savage Nation contains adult language, adult content, psychological nudity. Listener discretion is advised. And now, the world's most exciting podcast, The Savage Nation. Home of borders, language, culture. And here he is, New York Times best-selling author and National Radio Hall of Fame inductee, Michael Savage. I say to Congress, I will never sign another bill like this again. I'm not going to do it again. Nobody read it. It's only hours old. Some people don't even know what it is. $1.3 trillion. It's the second largest ever. President Obama signed one that was actually larger, which I'm sure he wasn't too happy with either. Now, that was a flashback to Mr. Trump uh, just a year ago when he was disgusted with a $1.3 trillion boondoggle called an omnibus bill omnibus bill meant what it meant whatever they wanted it to mean you didn't get any of it and he was really angry well now we have a bill uh, that's about to be signed at 2.7 trillion dollars and we're being told by those in the media who pretend to be his best friend who are actually his worst enemy that he should sign this bill and go along with nancy pelosi and the socialist dems or else they will say that he's killing grandmothers and he'll be a one-term president. Well, I would argue to the contrary. I'd exa- I would argue the exact opposite. 
that unless he vetoes this bill, he's going to be a one-term president. Now, why do I say that? Now, remember, I'm his best friend, trying to get him reelected. Because if only 10% of the voters are fiscal conservatives, let's say that's what the T-shirt's telling you, T-shirt and the RNC mob, is telling you that only a few percent of the Republican voters care about the finances at all, meaning they're fiscal conservatives. It's a small percent, 10%. Yeah, but Trump won by a slim majority last time. So it's that small percentage that's going to be the difference between him winning and losing. And therefore, if he stood up and said, no, I'm not signing this budget, it blows out all the stops on every protection we have for our future generations. We need to sit back down at the table and cut some spending somewhere, or I'm not signing it, I'm vetoing it. He would win all of those voters back. Who was he going to lose? The socialists who would vote for even an occasional cortex? Who would he lose by doing that? Tell me who. Nobody. I'm the only one saying this on our side of the team. Everyone else is going along with the program because they become compromised. Every last one of them is going along with this is a compromised individual who is in it for something for their, for their own end. Something for their own end whether it's appearing at a rally, getting some kind of medal. I don't know what it is, but they've all been bought off one way or another for 30 pieces of silver. That's what I think. And if you don't want me to say it, then don't listen to me. You have many options in the talk radio business. You don't have to listen to anybody. You can turn the radio off just as you can turn off the voting and you don't have to vote at all. Or you can say, you know, you're the only one who's standing up for this. Whatever happened to uh, fiscal sanity in this country? So let me make it on a very personal level. The government said, we're going to spend as much as we want. Pelosi and Trump smiled and shook hands because they screwed the American people again. What if you maxed out your credit cards? What if you defaulted on your mortgage? What if you didn't pay for your truck or your house? What would happen? Well, you'd lose your house, your truck, and your credit, wouldn't you? So you make sure that you spend within reasonable limits. You borrow very carefully. In fact, you can't borrow when you've borrowed too much. Isn't that true? Isn't it true that no bank will extend a loan to you if you don't have sufficient income to pay back that loan? That's one of the primary um, uh, issues for a bank. Can the person pay it back? Otherwise, why give them the loan? We're going to default on it. So why should a government be any different? Tell me why. Tell me why you've come to accept that a government should be different than you. You know, we once had an American revolution here in this country based upon taxation without representation. Do you remember it? Remember the Boston Tea Party? It's a distant memory. I understand that. But we're now becoming like a South American banana republic, spending without consideration for paying it back. And if we have a Republican president and a Republican Senate doing this, can you just imagine? Can you just imagine? I'd like to hear your opinions on this. Las Vegas, STAZ, STAZ, Line 1, go ahead, please. Thank you for taking the call, Dr. Savage. I want to thank you for providing a different perspective. I listen to a lot of talk radio. This is the only perspective out there that isn't really just mob group thinking with an agenda. Of course, you have an agenda, but it's just to, to deliver the truth. And uh, I got to... How, how can so many people who call themselves conservatives call for a blown-out budget like this? I'm sorry? How can so many people in the media who make believe they're conservatives stand up on the radio and stand up and say it's great to go along with the Democrats on this because he has to do it? That makes no sense to me. Absolute insanity. It'd be like uh, if you were my friend and you let me walk around with bad breath all day. I love what you're doing. You're absolutely right. I got so angry over the Omni bill that I got involved with Convention of States. And because I was so frustrated, the, the Republicans and Democrats are doing nothing. D.C.'s doing nothing. It's too corrupt. It's all about lying in their own pockets. So what could I do? And the only thing I could do is get involved in Convention of States, and all your listeners can do that. At least Google it and sign the petition. If You don't have to become a district captain. But I hear you. No, I hear you. But I want to talk about Trump and the red ink that is gushing under Donald Trump on track for another $1 trillion deficit this year. It doesn't make sense to me that this is happening without any kind of objection from the electorate. No, you're absolutely right. He should he should veto this bill. I, I'm that fiscal conservative. I need something. I'm a fiscal conservative if I am anything. And if I'm not a fiscal conservative, then what am I? Then I'm nothing. 
I love the people who are on the, on Twitter saying to me, well, uh, it doesn't really matter what he does in the deficit. We have to win again. I said, why? What do you stand for other than beating up minorities? I mean, tell me what the Republican Party stands for other than hating minorities. Well, the way I see it, it doesn't matter what party it is. They're supposed to get paid 174000 a year, and they're all becoming millionaires. They don't give a sh- thing about me or you. You're yeah. They don't give a SUNY about us. I know that. Hey, listen, I just want to make one more comment. 7.90 is where I'm listening to you. It's actually a question. Why in the world did they cut your last hour and give it to this moron? I can't even stand listening to him. I don't know who this person is, but I will say this. Everyone listening who is very happy with me uh, has an obligation and a duty to contact the local station and tell them so. You don't have to attack anybody to tell them that. Why don't you educate your um, program directors as to what really is important in radio by contacting your station and saying we love Michael Savage. It's that simple. Kansas City West, are you there on line six? You're on the Savage Nation. Go ahead, please. Yes, Dr. Savage. Um, I agree with you 100%, but I also agree with Donald Trump because what is he supposed to do? You know, I think people just don't want to admit the truth that our country's bankrupt. It can't be paid back. You know, our country's on life support. And Trump is. Wait, wait. So if a situation is bad, you make it worse? I'm sorry, what's that? What's the matter? Suddenly you're deaf? I said if a situation is bad, what do you do? You make it worse? No, but you have to, it's like triage. You have to start, you know, where the most important areas are first. Well, all right, so let's start cutting somewhere. Why hasn't he cut anything? And what happens if he cuts it? And then what happens? You can't fund the military. You can't defend the country. You can't run the Wait office. a minute now. There, there's so many line items in that budget that could be cut. All we hear about is Social Security and the military. There are thousands of line items in there that could be cut. Remember there was a time when we fiscal conservatives used to talk about defunding, for example, the uh, education and the arts? Remember we were talking about defunding national public radio? Remember we were talking about cutting out all of that pork barrel spending for liberalism? How come we haven't even heard that? Yes, and you're absolutely right. You should, but Donald Trump's not... Well, wait, let's not go, go over that. Let's put aside the sacred Social Security. Let's put aside the rebuilding of the military. What areas can Donald Trump cut in to cut this budget? Is there anyone out there with any sense who knows that? There are thousands of line items in this budget. Has anyone looked at it? Does anyone know how many uh, uh, bridges to nowhere are being built in Alaska or in Kentucky called pork barrel spending? What is Pelosi getting out of it? What kind of building projects is she getting? Where is Feinstein all of a sudden, Miss Silent? Where is the money going? I can guarantee you when you don't hear from them, they're up to no good. This is the Savage Nation. There's another topic that I mentioned that um, you're not calling on, and I'm quite surprised. And that's probably because T-Shirt didn't tell you about it. Criminal justice reform was not about nonviolent offenders, after all. Daniel Horowitz. Daniel Horowitz is a hardcore conservative. Daniel Horowitz writes that illegal immigration has tripled. Discretionary spending has shot up 20%, and there's no border wall. But now the administration is releasing violent federal prisoners that even the Obama administration declined to release. Remember a few months ago, that poor excuse for DNA, the one with the surgical face, the former porno star and her uh, rapper boyfriend were invited into the Oval Office. Remember how uh, offended I was when the rapper boyfriend disgraced the office by throwing his big feet up on the desk, that sacred desk? That beautiful desk that I sat next to that five presidents have conducted war and peace on and that low-life gutter rat threw his feet up on the desk like he was better than the president. You don't remember that? I voiced my objection then and you said, hush, hush, don't say a word. Hush, hush, don't ever criticize Donald Trump. Hush, hush, don't ever criticize his advisors. Hush, hush, Michael. So I criticized them. Now, what were they in there for? To force the president into passing prison reform. And how was he sold that bill of goods? He was told that uh, many blacks are in prison who shouldn't be there because they were dealing in crack cocaine rather than cocaine. And the uh, prison sentences should have been the same rather than magnified for crack cocaine. Things like that. It was all a lie. Every last bit of what he was sold was a complete lie. How do I know that? We were told that they were doing it to reduce the prison population. And they would only release first-time, low-level, nonviolent drug offenders. Remember that? They were lying. 
they were lying. We just learned today that the Department of Justice released the first 3,100 under the new early release program, and many violent offenders are being released into the streets. The left-wing Fox News, the fake news Fox News, I'm calling them fake and left-wing because it doesn't agree with MAGA. Fox News is reporting that of 2,243 inmates released on Friday, only 960 were incarcerated for drug-related offenses. But who was released? 496 in prison for weapons and explosives charges on the streets. 239 sex offenders released on the streets. 178 fraud, fraud, bribery, extortion released on the streets. 106 robbery released on the streets. And 59 for homicide and aggravated assault. Two for national security reasons are being released during Donald Trump's prison reform plan pushed upon him by the rapper and his surgical girlfriend. I rest my case. Savage. It is 24 minutes after the hour. Everywhere in the world, you know, but that has to be changed. You know that that's Greenwich Mean Time, which is so racist. I'm surprised Occasional Cortex hasn't said that calendars and clocks have to be changed because they're based upon uh, the English system. And, you know, it's offensive to Latinos to have that kind of system. Why should it be Greenwich Mean Time? Why shouldn't it be Rio Mean Time? Why shouldn't the world start in Brooklyn? Who says Greenwich, England is where time should start every day? Why should time be set around Greenwich Mean Time? U.S. federal deficit under Obama, do you know what it was? Nah, don't bother me with that, Mike. That's inconvenient to know that. Well, I'll tell you anyway. Take out a pencil, write it down. Pencil, remember that thing that had lead in it or ink? And you made notes with it on a piece of paper? Remember those days? Before the paperless world of idiocy? Well, on that piece of paper, the federal deficit under Obama was 587. And then put billion behind it. On the Donald Trump first term, it was 666. Nice number, billion. And now on the Donald Trump, the federal deficit is $1 trillion. But wait a minute. Don't elect those socialists. What you ever, don't elect those socialists because they'll blow the budget out. They'll just spend like crazy. And they'll tax like crazy. That's all. So I made my best case. Here's another piece of news for you uh, that you haven't heard yet today. Trump considers removing Bolton as national security advisor. Uh, Jeffrey Rodak, Newsmax, says that Trump is considering dumping NSA advisor John Bolton, according to the Washington Examiner. And it's apparently because Bolton is what he's always been, which is a warmonger. Everyone knows that Bolton almost got us into a war with, let's see, four countries at once. The walrus, you know the walrus. I am the walrus, oop, oop, And the sources say Bolton's aggressive approach to U.S. enemies has at times concerned the president. In May, Trump noted Bolton's strong views and said he was satisfied with the foreign affairs advice he receives from Bolton. Trump said he has strong views on things, but that's okay, Trump said of Bolton. I actually temper John, which is pretty amazing. I'm the one that tempers him. That's okay. I have different sides. I have John Bolton and other people that are a little more dovish than him. I like John. Well, now the word is John is out the door. He will soon be seen circling the buffet table at Mar-a-Lago again. He will be seen eating with the help in the kitchen, if he's even allowed into the kitchen within a year's time. No longer in the inner circle. No longer basking in the beautiful glow of Donald and Mrs. Trump at the main table, but instead dining on the leftovers in the kitchen. This, this, you know, I can't imagine what it would be like to work in a government where you're there one day and gone tomorrow. It's like a revolving door inside the Trump administration. I used to ask myself, how come Obama never fired anyone? Do you remember those years he had scandal after scandal with his cabinets, cabinet members, and there was never anyone thrown out by Obama? Can anyone explain that to me? Under Obama, almost nobody was dismissed or fired. Remember, no matter what the scandal was. Under Trump, appear appears to me that people come and go uh, like in a revolving door, going in and out of a department store. Who knows? Who would want a job like that? It's worse than talk radio, where you hear one, <laughs> one day and gone tomorrow. But you know something about me? I'm consistent. If you listen to my shows of many years ago, I was a fiscal conservative then, 
and I'm a fiscal conservative now, and I just don't care who's sitting in the Oval Office. If they're not doing the right thing, they're going to hear from their best friend, me. So today's program has largely been about this embarrassing, grotesque budget. And I ask you, the audience, how do you feel about Trump going along with Pelosi and Schumer and blowing up the budget deficit with pork barrel spending? I then tweeted at the last at the end of the last hour, Mr. Trump vetoed this budget, save your presidency. Joining us right now is someone who knows an awful lot about it. She is the president of the Committee for a Responsible Federal Budget. Her name is Maya McGinnis. And she's an expert in budget, tax, economic policy through the committee's project. She runs a project on the future of the economy. And many of you are already turning the radio show off because it's not a salacious, not pornographic. It's not interesting. Budget is a, is a boring topic for radio. I understand that. It's not juicy. It's not like the thugs in the streets of New York beating up police with water bottles and hitting them over the head and getting away with it while laughing at the cops. It's not, about, it's not about de Blasio releasing the criminal vermin in the streets of New York to not only kill people, beat them up in the streets of New York, but to now attack police with impunity. It's something a little more dry, and that is, again, the budget. But, you know, everything begins with responsibility. Everything begins with discipline, and that discipline should apply to economics as well. Joining us now is Maya McGinnis on The Savage Nation. Ms. McGinnis, welcome to the program. Thanks so much for having me. I'll try to make it as undry as possible. You know, try to be salacious about a budget. I'm joking. Uh, $3.7 trillion. Shocking, isn't it? It is shocking. So this is the antithesis of everything that I had thought we had people promising us about the budget. Uh, there's a debt ceiling, which we're about to hit, which is a reminder that we are borrowing too much. And what members of Congress and both parties, this is a bipartisan deal that comes from leadership. And what they have hatched is a plan to not only lift the debt ceiling, but to pair it with new spending to increase the debt. And it's as though nobody even understands the hypocrisy of what's going on. They're all falling. Well, how is this happening under Donald Trump? Explain that to me, please. Well, I'll tell you that figuring out how to stop borrowing means actually paying for things. And paying for things is harder than throwing things on the national credit card. So it's easy to give lip service to not increasing the debt, but you actually have to back that up with a willingness not to spend more money or if you're going to do something to pay for it. And that has not been present anywhere, unfortunately, out of the White House or Congress. Well, we used to hear that the Democrats were socialist and they just taxed and spent. So now we have, for two years, we had a Republican president, Senate, and House, and they kept spending. So tell me the difference financially between the two parties, if there is any. Is there any? Well, I mean, there, sure, there is in terms of their preferences for the size of government. But both parties have been making the fiscal situation dramatically worse. And let me say something many realists may disagree with this, but if you cut taxes and don't cut spending along with it, it will actually grow the deficit as well. And what we just did, if you grow spending and don't pay for it, cut spending elsewhere, it will grow the deficit. Well, aren't there 20 corporations that pay no taxes at all? Why don't we start with them? Well, we absolutely should. Hopefully the tax reform bill will have some of them paying higher levels of taxation, but you'll still have very low levels of tax, depending on kind of the, the particulars of some corporations. All right, so I found an article last week from The Hill which said that Greece plunged economically when it was at 121% of GDP, and ours is now at 110% of GDP. Can you explain what that means to the average listener? Well, so they, we are different than Greece in one important way, which is we borrow in our own currency. So that means we won't have a debt crisis because we can always print more money. And unfortunately, you have people who are recommending that. But what, will it, what it will do, which will be different than how Greece went down, is that could cause hyperinflation. Or if interest rates go up just one percentage point, our interest bills, the interest payments we have to pay, will go up massively, $190 billion a year. More money. I mean, we are on track right now to spend more money on, on interest payment in the budget than in five years from now than we do on defense. 
All right, what happens if we default on our debt? Down great countries. Okay, remember when South American countries were defaulting on their debt? Wasn't it um, Argentina defaulted on their debt in the 70s, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And we thought Argentina is still there. Uh, countries like ours just eliminated the money that they owed us. So what would happen if the U.S. defaulted on its debt? So if the U.S. defaulted on in its debt, what it would do is it would lead to a massive lack of trust in the credibility of the U.S., and our interest rates would go up. So they're very low right now. That means borrowing, whether it's for a new car or college uh, for anything, is much cheaper for our businesses to invest. But if our interest rates go up, and they would go up many, many fold if we were to default, that would cut off borrowing put us into an immediate recession. And because we're the U.S., the backbone of the global economy, probably put the whole world into recession. And I will say one thing, as much as there's always going to be political fighting, the bigger your economy is, the more pleasant that fight is. Once you start having a shrinking economy, that's when tensions really get strong. And that's why... I saw, I saw your article, Ms. McGinnis, in the Wall Street Journal, where you said that this deal may end up being the worst budget agreement in our nation's history. What does that actually mean? Well, what it means is we have the worst fiscal situation we've ever had other than right after World War II. Hmm. We have a strong economy. So terrible fiscal situation during a strong economy, which is when it should be improving. And we opted to spend so much money and put it on the national credit card that we are making that debt situation worse. We've never had those three factors together, and it's the height of irresponsibility. And it's a political class that is unwilling to make any choices. All right. What kind of opposition was there or is there in Congress today? Was there anyone voicing opposition to this grotesque spending bill? You know, that's what we're trying to see right now. And hopefully people will reach out and encourage their members of Congress to look at whether it's really such a good plan to lift the debt ceiling while increasing the debt. Short answer, no, it's not. Um, And we're talking to a lot of folks who have promised to come to Washington to stop the growth in the debt. I think what we should do at the end of this year is published the names of every member of Congress who said, I support this and I support making the debt worse, and bring that back so voters know that so their members are voting, right? It is not okay to promise that you are going to address the national debt, come to Washington, and cast votes that make it worse. Over 60% of our deficit, our almost trillion-dollar deficit this year, came from choices the past two Congresses made. This is self-imposed recent decision-making. People talk about the issue, but they are not willing to make the actual choices necessary to control the debt. Okay, you're calling this the worst budget deal in history. When Ronald Reagan was president, was he a fiscal conservative? Uh, he was a fiscal conservative. He, he grew, he, well, he grew some areas of spending significantly, but once he realized that he put plans in place that were making the debt worse, he tried to bring back a bunch of that spending, and he actually got rid of some of the tax cuts he put in place because he didn't want the debt to grow so much. All right, so um, we keep hearing from the apologists for Donald Trump, uh, who are not his best friend, that he had no choice, that if he tried to cut this budget, Nancy Pelosi would say he's trying to kill Grandma. What areas in the budget, putting aside Social Security and Medicare, you know, the sacred cows, uh, what could be cut very easily and produce a more healthy situation, Ms. McGinnis? Actually, I'm not going to put aside those sacred cows. The most important things we can do in this country are fix our Social Security and Medicare programs, which have promises that have been made and no plans to how to pay for them. So Mm. we have to fix both of those programs. That will help control spending, and that's where the big dollars are. So if you look at the growth of spending over the next 10 years, 82% of it comes from retirement, health care, and interest on the debt. So the Mm. most important thing is to fix those programs. Bringing your deficit down will slow the growth of interest payments. Defense spending, I think, is probably not going to come down overall, but there's certainly a lot of programs in defense where the money is not well spent. Absolutely. People say defense, and suddenly that's become a sacred sacred cow to the right. They don't understand that it's not really for defense. A lot of it is simply for workers in the defense department and contractors. Isn't that true? Contractors, right, yeah, and we have very entrenched interests, and it can go by district, congressional district, because it causes, creates a lot of jobs, but you shouldn't be supporting outdated policies. We're going to have new security needs in the future. We should be saving resources for those, but not spending on the threats of the past that aren't the ones that are, are really out there. Does your organization have a list of areas that could be cut in the budget? You bet. We have options. Oh. 
expense of savings all over the place. We give them to members of Congress all the time and say, if you want to do this, how about using some of these savings to offset the cost? Now, I want people to understand, you're a bipartisan organization, neutral politically, is that correct? Very bipartisan. I'm a political independent. This is about the deficit and the debt and the future of our country. It's, you know, Republicans and Democrats are going to continue to differ, and that's as it should be. We don't all have the same opinion, but we have to run our country in a way that is not going to run it into the ground. And that's all right, so what, this is so important. I never, I never do economic issues on the show because they're usually too boring for the average listener. But when I saw this spending today and Trump celebrating it, I got really angry and upset. And I'm saying he should veto this bill and go back to Pelosi and Schumer and say, I can't sign it. It's suicide for the nation. I'm not doing it. And here's what I want you to cut. If Donald Trump were to call you, Ms. McGinnis, and say, give me five items that could be cut, what would they be? So I would start with scaling back the growth of Social Security benefits in the future. I would do as much as possible to control the cost of health care, prescription drugs, which is something he's done really good work on. And I would talk about how to bring down those costs. He has a, a good bunch of proposals in his budget. He should be pushing those. I would look at capping. So we have discretionary spending caps that we're lifting. I put spending caps back on. So if you want to spend more on energy policy, you need to spend less on environmental policy, or you need to spend less on worker retraining, or you need to spend less on foreign aid. I would put spending caps overall, including on defense. And if you can't find other cuts, you're going to have to raise taxes. But I bet we can find a lot of spending cuts. Agriculture spending, pensions need to be reformed, disability needs to be reformed, Medicaid needs to be reformed. Let's pause on disability for one minute. The, I, the last I checked, which was a few years ago, there was something like 12 million Americans on disability payments, SDSI, many of whom were faking it. What's the number of percent of Americans or the number of Americans on, on disability today, SDSI? Great question. I wish I could give you the answer. I don't know the number. No, we, we know that there's tremendous fakers in the disability world, and, and I thought that we were going to get some tightening uh, along those lines. I haven't heard one word about it recently. I don't know if you have the facts, and I'm not, not trying to put you on the spot. If you were to advise the president right now on cutting in the military area, where would you cut defense spending where it's unnecessary, where it's sort of pork barrel spending? Do you know of areas? Yeah, certainly. There's many programs of defense spending, actually, that have to do with the health care benefits and entire ah, benefits. Ah, uh, here we go again. Here we go again. It's not about bullets and bombs. It's not about troop readiness. It's, again, about social, again, social service spending within the military, more of the same. That's a huge part of the part of the defense budget. That's a, a remarkably large part of it. Wow, sure. people don't even know that. So when they say, oh, Savage, you're anti-military because you want to cut the budget, uh, you just proved that that's a false argument because not most, if not all, frankly, a, a good percentage of it isn't even about defense. It's about social yeah, services. That's right. But there's also parts to back you up even more. I think there's also parts of our defense spending that are outdated weapon systems that aren't very efficient. We tend to have more than we need in a lot of the weapon systems that we purchase. And again, we need to be updating and modernizing our military, not continuing to buy the same old bombs. What would you say before we go, and you're doing such a great job, what is the number one wor most worthless Pentagon expenditure in terms of weapon systems that you would say is antiquated or obsolete? Oh, I would probably say the location. I mean, I, not weapon systems as much as I would say troops that are in places where we don't need them to the extent that we have them. You mean Germany and South Korea? They're places where I'm less worried about. Like where? Europe. Yeah, I mean, take them out of Europe, get them home. I would put them on the southern border, but that's my position. Listen, this is so great. Maya McGinnis. Wall Street Journal article, The Worst Budget in Nation's History. What is your website where people can learn much more about your, your, your great ideas? Yeah, so we're, we're the Committee for a Responsible Federal Budget. <laughs> Wait, and let me laugh for a minute. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I needed a laugh today. Committee for a Responsible Federal Budget. Tell that to Nancy Pelosi and Charles Schumer. That's right. And tell the president. This is not his bill. Last time he signed this, a bill like this, he promised never, ever, ever to do it again. Two years yes. ago. I have the tape from 2018. Yes. When he, wait, when he signed the omnibus, omnibus bill, 
He said, I will never do it again. 2018, on the $1.3 trillion ominous bill, I'll never sign another bill like this again. Today, he's saying he will sign a $2.7 trillion bill. Something has to be done here, right? Yeah, people have to say enough is enough. We can't be barring ourselves into this kind of weakened situation. Unbelievable. Maya McGinnis, the committee for a responsible federal budget, and I thought I was an idealist. Thank you so much for being with us on The Savage Nation. All right, coming into the last few minutes of the Savage Nation uh, edition for today, I will go to michaelsavage.com, and the number one story that's drawing the most attention is the wonderful picture of a former Democrat judge being dragged out of a courtroom on her heels. Former Democrat judge ordered to jail, Dragged out of courtroom in Cincinnati. That's drawing an awful lot of people who like looking at that one. Uh, my headline is uh, Trump plus Pelosi blow off budget caps, agree to spend $2.7 trillion. But many of you true believers don't want to hear it. And you're blaming them instead of all of them. And that's a problem for all of us. Yesterday's show was one of my best in many years. Savage inspired by Apollo 11. If you missed it, you can still get it by going to my podcast. And many say, oh, how do I get the podcast? They still don't know how to get the podcast. You go to michaelsavage.com. On the right column, it says free podcast. And there it is. You click on it. Savage inspired by Apollo 11. Then you can go back to the one from Fighters and Tough Fathers. Time to bring back. I mean, it's all there. A tweet too far. Is your drinking water good? Uh, the deficit problem from Einstein to Epstein. Trump in North Korea. Bypass Bolsheviks and Buicks. It's all there on my podcast's which has now become the library or repository for all of my uh, wonderful programs. Also on michaelsavage.com is my book, A Savage Life, which I still recommend because it hasn't gotten any worse. It's gotten better. In a world of bullcrap, there's something good about the truth, especially the truth about an immigrant son who rose so far as I, being 100% honest, without taking a nickel from the government. Have a nice night. The Westwood One Podcast Network.